0: Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. Hi there. It's so wonderful to be able to spend some time around God's Word once again as we continue our journey in the book of James. Uh, This incredible guy that was the brother of Jesus and also one of the key leaders in the early Jerusalem church. And I'm sure that you've enjoyed it as much as I have as we delved into James and see what practical things he he is teaching, uh, his readers uh, about their faith and their walking with Jesus. And uh, we want to continue today, but before we get going, I want to pray for us. Father, I thank you that we have the privilege to gather around your word. Won't you through your Holy Spirit convict us, speak to us, challenge us, uh, transform our hearts, uh, today, In your word And through your word In Jesus name we pray Amen What I have here Is a bulb And it's a bulb of a flower And I love, those of you that know me I love flowers, I really love flowers And uh, This is the bulb of uh, Amarilla, now my friend Mark Winham farms with Amarilla Flowers, the most beautiful Flowers under the sun And uh, you will see a picture on the screen of of some of his fields when they are in bloom. Before, when you look at this Amarilla, I would like you to guess what color Amarilla this would be. In other words, when the flower comes out, what color will the flower be? And I want to, maybe you can see it if you look around if you look around like this and you, and you and you see this little sucker coming out here and you're thinking, man, that looks like a really pretty neat Amarillo and that is maybe the sign that this is a red Amarillo or maybe it's a dark orange or maybe a white Amarillo or maybe slightly yellow. And there's another sucker coming out there and look at these beautiful, I just went to go and fetch it out of my garden right down. Look at all this, this root system and it's going pretty good because it's flowers normally in August, late August. And look at these beautiful leaves coming out. Now, I cut the leaves out uh, because they would, I just cut them out for the sake of getting them on the camera. And so you look at this, and the more you look at this, you, you, you want to say, well, okay, Marnie, maybe that's a, a, a red or an orange. It looks like an orange amarilla. And, and, and maybe, is there any clue... What kind this looks like a healthy sized bulb as well? And, and Mark, who uh, is probably the only one that will be able to tell me how good how how, how, how nice this amarella might be and how healthy this amarella is. And see, you can look at this as much as you want to, and you can come to all sorts of conclusions about what amarella that is and how genuine it is. And you have heard me told you that this is amarella, but for all intense purpose that could maybe maybe a very confused onion or some other plant. And the only time that you will know what color Amarilla that is, is when it flowers. The only way, and Mark will tell you this, the only way and the only, only, only way you can know what color. Not even those little things there that looks like an orangey color will give it away, no matter what the root system looks like, no matter what the size of the bulb, only when the bulb actually produces a flower, will you know if that is a red, or what other color amarilla it is. Today, I want ask to us ask, to, to, to answer this question, how can we be sure that our faith is genuine? that we indeed have true faith. And I want to present you, and this is the the, the main point, the one-liner point of, of the next few minutes that I'll be spending with you, and it's this, that you will know the genuineness, the truth of your faith through the fruit it produces. And maybe some of us think that I have indeed true faith. And maybe today I want to just investigate it. Maybe you go before God and say, is my faith a true faith? Is my faith the righteous life or the, the true faith that God has called me to? And we're going to start off by reading from James 2 and verse 14. And if you have your Bibles, i reading from the New Living Translation, I would like you to turn to James 2 verse 14. It says, what good is it unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. What James is doing here, it's addressing a cheap kind of faith, a a sort of a faith that is not really genuine, a faith that is not true faith. It is faith that is confessional, confessional in its nature, it's theoretical in its nature, but it doesn't affect the life of the person who confesses it like saying to someone and what james is saying is uh, faith that is not genuine is like somebody that 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 uh, that that says to somebody go in peace when they when when this person is actually in need while at the same time you can help but you don't and i believe that's a danger for each one of us to sort of sort of settle into this comfortable easy faith that doesn't require much that doesn't require me to get out of my comfort zones to get out of my easy place to get out of my familiar place uh, that, it's sort of the danger that that all of us can fall into sort of pride ourselves in our biblical literacy i know the bible i know I can even I can even recite the books of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We pride ourselves on our biblical literacy in our theological knowledge or in our general knowledge of God. But not but but but, but not understanding the radical claim Christ makes of our lives. So yes, we have this theoretical understanding of the faith. But we, do, but we, but we, but, but we do not understand the radical claim that Christ makes on our lives. And what James is arguing here is that arguing here is that true saving faith will always result in a life of love. Because that's what James is talking about, love. And love is not the kind of romantic love we find in the movies, but love is indeed the sacrificial love, you before me, something that will cost me, something that will take me out of my comfort zone, something that will put you before me. And Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says the following, it says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God will give us a new heart if we the the moment we, we 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 submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. Through saving faith. And this is what Ezekiel is saying here: through saving faith will always result in a new heart, a transformed heart moved and motivated by the Spirit of God. With a new set of purposes, with a new set of goals, with a new set of values, different values, different loves. That's what a heart will produce, different desires, different thoughts. And ultimately this will lead to a transformed way of living. So a true faith will we'll, we'll have, will have, will produce, a, a, our hearts will be changed. We will have a new heart. A true faith will have a new heart that will result in these kind of things. You see, once my life was controlled by my wants, my needs, my feelings, and now this new heart produces or is moved and motivated by a love for God by, that leads to a love for my neighbor's. And James Gospel Central Church slogan love God love people serve the word that our the world serve the world that our love for God will lead to our love for our neighbor for our love for one another and our love for one another will be a demonstration that we indeed love God. And love God, love people, serve the world is in the right order. I, we cannot say we love God if it's not displayed in, in us loving our neighbor, which is expressed outward expression into serving those around us and serving uh, or loving those around us. That's why we as Gospel Central Church, have started this initiative called Restore and uh, something that we will speak more about in, in, the, in the weeks and months to come. And uh, that is always the fruit of saving faith that we will love one another. Practically it will, can be seen by others. And Jesus uh, pointed this to us in the example of the tree. He says, he says a good tree bears good fruit. A bulb, a good bulb, or a bulb that's got the red seed in it, or the right genetics in it, will produce a red flower. Bad tree bears bad fruit. A tree is indeed recognized by its fruit. Jesus, What Jesus is saying is, what is in your heart, will come out in your words, will come out in your choices, will come out in your actions, will come out in your behaviors. In 1 John, it says, the one who is born of God loves. He who does not love, does not know God. So if we live these isolated lives, completely separated from the world, and, and, and no, with no opportunity to practically show our love to one another, we cannot go before God, we cannot go before anyone, we cannot say that we love God, if that uh, is not a reality. True saving faith always results in a transformed living, an allegiance to and a living out of the two great commandments. Love your Lord your God With all your heart and all your mind And love your neighbors as you love yourself And by the way Just a side note It doesn't say you first have to love yourself And loving And this is not a command to say We need to love ourselves Because we love ourselves anyway See because I love my Lord I am becoming a more sympathetic Gentle Merciful Compassionate person This is the fruit of faith. There is no place for faith. That is that is a confessional. Mental exercise only. But does not lead to a change. In how you live your life. Uh, you can confess Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. As much as you want. You can believe in your heart. That you have indeed. Have a saving faith. But unless there is a transformed life. That is possibly not a true. Not possibly. It is not a true faith. Look at what James says as he continues in James 2, and we're reading further in verse 18. So now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. And here, it cannot be clearer. James is saying that unless deeds follows my confession, I do not have true faith. There needs to be deeds. And he's not saying that we need good deeds so that we are saved. He says that once we have, we have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and we, and we are indeed uh, having a true faith, that the, that the consequence of that will be, the fruit of that will be good deeds. True faith is demonstrated by fruit. A transformed life. A sort of a a warmness towards God. If you think that you have committed yourself to Jesus and to His Lordship, but you are not warm towards God. You do not have a love for His Word. You do not have a love for His people. You do not have a love to get to know God better every single day. You do not have a desire to spend time in your words. Maybe today is a time that you need to ask yourself, do you indeed have a true faith? Because that's what I'm asking you today. Do you have a true faith if you are not inclined to those kind of things? It assures me of God's justifying grace when I see these fruits in my life. that, That assures me, basically what it's saying, it assures me that my conversion was genuine. And then James continues in verse 19 it says you say you have faith but you believe that there's one that you, for you believe that there's one god good for you even even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror So today if you say well money I believe I believe in the one god I believe in the creator I believe he created the universe I believe that he that through his agents, uh, he, through 40 agents, he wrote and he, and, he, and he collated the scriptures that we can read today and I believe he's a good God. You can say all those things and basically and what James is saying, yes, do the demons believe that. What makes that any different? The demons believe it. See, the epicenter of our faith is believing there's one God and that the hope is found in one God and, and if you say all these things, J- James is basically shockingly saying that the demons believe that. Believe In and of itself is not enough. Belief that does not produce fruit is not enough. Good theology is not an end in itself, rather a means to an end. If good theology does not result in radical changes in your life, in the way you live your life, it is actually bad theology. We are good at making a separation between our conventional and our functional theology. I often challenge people and say, "You say Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That you confess. You confess that Jesus is Lord. But once you experience trouble and suffering and pain, and you're going through a hard time, what do you run to to give you comfort? Maybe food. Maybe it's even too much exercise, because that's also possible. That can also become a savior. Is it? Is it something like like I watch I, I, I binge on on Netflix?" Is it, is it I, uh, substances, maybe uh, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is, sex? That's actually my functional Savior, but my confessional Savior is Jesus. So, so we're good at, at separating those, those uh, what is confession? what we confess is true, but actually in our actions and our fruit, it shows the opposite. James continues in verse 20, and he says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abram was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. Faith demonstrated itself to be justifying faith is only justifying faith because of the testimony of a transformed way of living. A sort of a remarkable allegiance to God. That is true justifying faith. A true living, a practical affection for the Lord. It cannot be demonstrated more powerfully than than through the life of Abram. And most of us know the story of Abram. True faith will cause you to offer the most precious thing in your life to God for the simple reason that you love Him. Not because it's logical, not because it's practical, not because it's comfortable or efficient or it's easy. God, God calls us to die to ourselves. What God is calling you is to lay on His altar the most precious thing in your life. That's what He's calling us to. This is not an easy believism. What precious precious Isaac is there present in your life that you are holding on to, that you are not willing to sacrifice to God, that you're not willing to lay at the altar of God, that you're not willing to let go of, for sake of the gospel and your love for him and the love of your neighbor. In verse 25, James continues. He says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. What what we see Rayab doing here, because Rayab indeed had a true faith, a genuine faith, a justifying faith. Rayab endangered her own life out of love for others. And faith will always produce a life-changing love for God, a life-structuring love for others. This is the nature of true faith. In changing your heart, it transforms your life. If you have exercised that true faith in Him and in Him alone, there should be fruit in your life. We cannot get past it. There has to be fruit in your life. The fruit of love for Him. The fruit of the love for others. The the, the fruit of words. Your words, your language, will change. If you say you have confessed your faith in Jesus and it's true, justifying faith, but there's constant swear words and curse and harsh words and words with sexual innendo in your in your in your coming out of your mouth, have you truly met Jesus? There will be the fruit of of the, of your actions changing, of your choices changing, deeds that you would not be doing if it were if it would not be for a saving grace in your hearts. And see, perhaps. Today, when you hear this, you, you you you're convicted and you're thinking, well, maybe I have a counterfeit faith, and I am concerned. I'm concerned for the church worldwide. I'm even concerned for our local church, gospel central church, the church I'm leading. Because I there's a huge amount of people, a lot of people are not database. But when I when I there's a lot of people that will say, I still love Jesus, I have confessed my faith. In Jesus, but their actions, their excuses are actually not not aligning with that which they have confessed. Maybe the challenge today is that maybe you have a counterfeit faith of you indeed have walked away from God, that you do not believe in God like you used to believe in God. You have given your mind maybe to a system of belief, but you but you have held tightly onto your heart, to your own heart and your own life. You live your life as if your life belongs to you. Your preferences, your comforts. You need to confess that this faith is not faith. See God in forgiveness. Confess today. Confess that you have indeed sinned and you've walked away from your Savior. Trust Him like you've never trusted Him before. Where today is God calling you to a greater and deeper and fuller fruitfulness? A more practical, a more consistent expression of love for God. A calling for willing self-sacrifice for the good of your neighbor. I hear in the last few months, and last 18 months, I will, it's, it's like I feel like God has, God has taken some people and He served them. And what, is, what has been left is maybe not, not a, a justifying faith, but it's maybe just a mental exercise. What excuses do you find that you lately use to not engage others uh, uh, and gather with others when it's possible? I joked with somebody the other day, I I think there's a new variant of COVID in the air. It's called the, the Sunday variant. That we're willing to to do all sorts of things together with people in other contexts. But when a Sunday arrives, when the people of God gather, even if it's in a very small context, maybe with two, three people sitting four meters away from you in the same space, uh, uh, we're worshiping God together then suddenly the Sunday variety of COVID arrives and suddenly I have all sorts of excuses why I can't gather with others and I, I'm, I'm sorry about this and I can't do that and it's inconvenient and suddenly we've got other plans on a Sunday and, and it's one thing we say well you know Marnie Church is not just about a Sunday yes but are we engaging at uh, the, engaging other followers of Jesus in any way? Are we, are we even engaging in DNA groups men and women meeting in the week engaging one another meeting and I know we can't go to, to, to the restaurants and all those kind of things but, but surely this is we should realize this is life, life, life our life depends on it our spiritual life of eternity, our, our time spending in eternity with God is, is dependent on this Our spiritual condition is dependent on this. This is a matter of life and death. What excuses have you used to say, I don't want to sacrifice? You know, this has just become comfortable. This is my little bubble that I live in. And see, Christ's life demonstrated who He said He was. And this morning, or rather today, I don't know when you're watching this, receive the encouragement, hear the warning. Follow the call. May God help us. And yes, this is a tough word today. But I want to ask that we would consider our fruits. Is that which which flows out of us a reflection of that which is in us? Is our hearts truly transformed by the gospel that we confess? The good news of Jesus. And today I want to pray for each one of us as we bring our time to an end. And I want to encourage you and, and hopefully you have, you have uh, prioritized today to meet with somebody else. Not to just in the comfort of your lounge because it actually suits your, suits your activities for the rest of the day. And it was sort of planned around your preferences and your priorities that you've gathered with others and maybe, maybe just discuss with them, maybe confess to one another, repent before one another, maybe contact somebody as soon as this is done, contact somebody on WhatsApp, Uh, contact somebody on WhatsApp call, on a Zoom call, on a video call in whatever way you need to do this and confess before God and say, oh Lord, I've walked away from you. I've confessed I've confessed you as Lord and Savior, but indeed my life is not not showing that I actually have made you my Lord. I want to pray for us today and I trust that God through His Spirit will transform you, will fill you with the power of His Spirit. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that enables us to say no to ungodliness. Thank you for your grace that enable us when we are weak That we will be strong in your strength And give us the strength today To confess our sin before you To confess, to, to confess the fact that we've walked away from you That our lives are, are, are not uh, the, the, Our actions are not a true reflection Of he who we confess as our Lord and Savior so We repent of our sins We repent of our apostasy Us walking away from you I pray, Lord, for those that have, that have never even confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray for those that have never submitted their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. And I pray for them today that they, as they listen to this message, they will be deeply cut to the heart, that they will confess their sins before you, that they will call upon the name of the Lord, and that they will repent and turn from their own ways and turn towards you, that they will submit themselves to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they will allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through them, so that they will be transformed into the image of Christ pray that your power will now, your gospel power will work through every person, no matter where they find themselves in life, where they might have to, where they're turning back to you again today, that they will submit themselves to your Lordship. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, it's been such a privilege to be able to share this word with you. I trust that that this has been a pivotal moment, a sort of a crossroads moment for many of us in the next coming weeks next week uh, I want to chat about the importance of us not judging each other but actually showing mercy to one another and in the last and our last installment of our lessons in James I'm going to look at us as a collective as a body of Christ uh, needing needing to be be accountable to one another and being rescuers of one another if we see others walking away from the faith. So looking forward to spend uh, still the next two weeks with you. God bless. And, and I also want to just uh, let you know that as soon as we finish with the series, we are going to start the video series that, that Andrew Selly from Josh Jen, uh, a partner in the gospel with us in our in our 412 partnership uh, has done recently. And we're going to do it as a church it's called Escaping Babylon, and we're going to look at the end times. We're going to look at how the, in, the end times influence us as a church and what our response should be like. What is the details of, of, of what's happening around us to make sense of it all. And uh, and there's going to be a great warning, especially in the end, because uh, because I think it's going to be an absolutely awesome, exciting few weeks that we're going to spend uh, on the end times and looking at how it impacts us as followers of Jesus. So get yourself ready for that. Uh, invite others. Uh, every time we, you come together and gather like this, use it as an opportunity to, get, to, to gather others, to, to invite others to join you. And if you uh, today have, joy, have, have only en- engaged this or experienced this on your own, won't you consider gathering even if it's in the smallest possible group, outside where there's space, won't you consider gathering with somebody else in the next few weeks as we worship our God together? God bless. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website, gospelcentral.church. God bless.